Hey everyone, welcome to Let's Get Civical. This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of current events, but in a super fun way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Walentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist. In this episode, we're talking about Mount Rushmore. So grab your chisel. And let's get civical. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Let's Get Civical. I'm Lizzie Stewart. And I'm Arden Wallentowski. And are we in March yet? No, not yet. No. This is the last This will be February. the last. We're yeah. almost in March. God, I hate this month so much. It's almost done, though. It's almost I know. done. I know. But man, I really have March energy. Because I'm mad. I got March Madness, man. I'm ready. Are they are they doing March Madness? I don't know. Probably. Basketball's not my thing. I know I know I'm the sports one of the uh, two you of are, us. You are 100%. Basketball is not my bread and butter. Shout out to all our basketball fans. I I, I think I, I think they're fun games to go to, but it's just never been it's never been my jazz. But I I mean, they did a whole, they did the Super Bowl and they did all other that's kinds true. of stuff. Like, I'm sure March Madness is going to be a thing. Yeah, Which, that's true. Isn't that just a college thing or is it also a professional thing? My dear, yeah, you were asking, I'm the, asking the wrong, wrong person. I'm asking I'm the wrong. The I think March Madness individual. is just college. But who's to say? If I'm wrong, you know what I'm wrong. I never, I never claim to be We've, this person. No, no. In fact, you explicitly said this is not my sport. This is not my forte. This is not, mm-hmm. I'm not tuned in. But yeah. I would be surprised that if March Madness for college and or for professional basketball, if that's a thing, I would be surprised if either one of them didn't happen. Seems like sports are happening. We've we've yes. accepted sports back into our hearts and minds, for better or for worse. So the point being, it's fully still February, which it's is fully crazy. Still February. Yep. It's crazy. This year has been very long. <laughs> I yes, and I can't believe it's already two months. Like we're almost in the third month. It's I feel like it's being it's slow, but it's also fast in a way but maybe sure. that's just me maybe it's just me time is a social construct it and really, and that's what they don't tell you in school among so many other things they don't tell you that time is a social construct and that it both flies by and is at a screeching halt at the same time yes but the point is we're not doing an episode about march madness basketball or the month of february we decided to do something that i know we you and i have talked about doing for quite a long time now we keep bringing it up as like let's cover this let's cover this let's do it let's finally do it well guys we're finally doing it it's what we've all craved we are doing a full episode on what i think is one of the silliest things in the world mount rushmore (laughs) it's so wild that it's a thing that exists in the world 
Yeah, yeah, I forget that it exists. I've personally never been. But just the the concept, the concept that they were like, let's let's just carve out four faces into a full ass mountain and call it a day. I think it is so silly. But like, you know, it's what makes us U.S. dot. Mm-hmm. So Fully. The ridiculous things that we do. The ridiculous exactly. things that we do uh, and that we've done. And this is fully, I think, at the top of the list of silly, silly things that we have that we are, you know, super proud of in our Americanness. So I'm really <laughs> excited to talk about it, to just really give it the space that it deserves as to, like, why we have this thing. Why we have four faces. Is it four? It's four, right? It's four. It's, it's four. four. Four faces carved into the side of a mountain and and called it a national landmark. So I'm, yeah, I'm really excited to deep dive in, into this subject. But before we really jump into it, do you want to go over today's sources? Sure. So we have a lot of this is coming from history.com, our good friends at history.com. Mm-hmm. I think at this point we've got a good running stretch of episodes with like information from history.com. Sorry, oh, it's a good source. I don't know what to tell source. you. I don't it's make the rules. They no. do good work. They're like detailed but concise. I love it. There's an article from the New- from the New York Times by Brian Peached Peach P I E T S C H. Love. And JC Fornton. And then some info from a blog uh, at Native Hope, which is um, like an indigenous, a a blog run by indigenous folks. And then uh, some stuff from the National Park Service. Love, because it is a full national park, Mm -hmm. which we love. So let's jump right into the nitty gritty details of Mount Rushmore. So this is all coming from history.com and Native Hope. So carved into the southeastern face of Mount Rushmore in South Dakota's Black Hills National Forest are four gigantic sculptures depicting the faces of U.S. Presidents George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Abraham Lincoln, and Teddy Roosevelt. So the four horsemen of the apocalypse are fully etched into the side of this mountain. Etched in stone. I mean, when I think about them individually, they all make sense. But the four of them together, it is kind of like a random, it's it a, is random a random assortment. Quattro. Yeah, yeah. There's not like they weren't all alive at the same time. Right. They each stood for different things. Yep. They each solved different problems. They each have their own controversies, which we're yep. going to talk about. So like, yep. there's no, if you're talking about a through line. Which there's I no through line. thoroughly enjoy. There's the only one is that they're male presidents. Right. Right. Which, yeah. It's <laughs> which is kind of the through line of like American leaders is male. Yes, exactly. Just males. They're male all males. Presidents. Male yeah. presidents. Yeah. The one to me, and this might be a hot take, all of them make sense to me except Thomas Jefferson. That's my hot take. That's my hot take. Mm -hmm. Because, like, George, obviously. Abraham Lincoln, for sure. And then Teddy Roosevelt, because of his thing with the national parks, fully makes sense. Makes sense. And then Thomas Jefferson, I mean, Declaration of Independence, sure. Louisiana Purchase, sure. It's just, like, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like, 
Yeah, I just feel like, you know, like if FDR had been dead when this was being made, like if this was made 20 years later, I feel Mm -hmm. like we've got the founding fathers covered with the representation of George Washington. Like we could have swapped out. We could have swapped out. Yeah. I don't think we needed both George and Thomas because then it's like, why are we omitting like James Madison who wrote the Constitution, like, or Benjamin Franklin who invented everything and was also a stallion. Like, we, when you include Thomas Jefferson and George Washington, then it's like, okay, but why are we omitting these other folks? These other people on the mountain. Yeah, that's my hot take. People may disagree. I'm just saying, he seems out of the four a little out of place. It is. I agree. I agree. But continuing on, so. The 60-foot high faces were shaped from a granite rock face between 1927 and 1941 and represent one of the world's largest pieces of sculpture as well as one of America's most popular tourist attractions. So it's huge. It's huge. It's huge. It's hysterically huge. To many Native Americans, however, Mount Rushmore represents a desecration of lands considered sacred by the Lakota Sioux, the original residents of the Black Hills region, who were displaced by white settlers and gold miners in the late 19th century, which we'll talk, we're going to explore more of that later. Yeah, but we're going to talk about that. Continuing this tradition of like, here's this thing that we've been taught is this like amazing achievement, this huge monument, but there's actually like... A lot more to the story than we are telling our young children in school. So we'll we'll dig deeper later. Mount Rushmore attracts more than 2 million annually, which, I mean, considering it's in South Dakota is, I think, impressive. It's it's the only thing keeping the state alive. Yeah. Yeah. No, you would, there would, it would just be tumbleweeds. Like, what else would you go to South Dakota for unless you were from there? Sorry. Yeah. In Native American culture, the mountain was called the Six Grandfathers and was named by Lakota medicine man Nicholas Black Elk after a vision. The vision was of the six sacred directions, west, east, north, south, above, and below. The directions were said to represent kindness and love, full of years and wisdom, like human grandfathers. The granite bluff that towered above the hills remained carved only by the wind and the rain until 1927. So it was this sort of like spiritual yeah. sacred place before yeah. we came in and was like, you know what would be amazing? Four faces. Huge yes. faces. Giant 60 foot. Giant gigantic male faces. Yeah, and I'm and just the just the four first names that come to my mind. Uh George, Tom, Abraham, uh, Teddy. Yep. And they're like it shall be so. It shall yep. be so. And then they took over the land. They took over the land. Yeah. Have you ever seen this is related? Have you ever seen Richie Rich starring the Cully Culkin? I am insulted that you even need to ask me that question. Perfect. It I is know. a phenomenal it's piece an Academy of cinematic history. Film. It's mm-hmm. perf. It's a perfect film, and it's so good. it always makes me giggle that they are like creating their own Mount Rushmore esque mm-hmm. thing just with the their faces, the richest faces. I always thought that was so funny. That was so yeah. funny, and I love it's that related. Movie. That movie is so good. I it's love a great they, film. Like, it's a great film. And that house, like, like I wanted the ride. I wanted the bouncy oh trampoline thing. The and McDonald's? Then of course, like, the McDonald's in your own house? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. My own scientist? 100%. 100%. And then 
my own vault inside my own mountain. I mean, come on. I mean, like, come on. Shut the front door. I want to be disgustingly wealthy, and I'm sorry to say it. Yeah. I really, I, I really do. Yeah. I, w- I think I would do it well. Like, I, think I don't so think too. I would be an asshole. No, like because, the, yes. Like, like the, we would be like the riches. Like, they're not, they're wealthy, but they're not And they give assholes. back so and they give much. Back so they're much. They're very yeah. charitable. Yeah. I mean, say no more. Say no more on the documentary no film, Richie Rich. Uh, it is what we aspire to be on this podcast. So Absolutely. Good. Absolutely. But anyways, tell me about how Mount Rushmore came to be, because... How could we possibly come up with this idea? I really, it was like somebody woke up from a dream one day and was like, you know what? That's, that was great. They I saw fully, the film Richie Rich and they were like, the, wait a second. Yes. Wait a, wait a second. This could be a reality. So Mount Rushmore, located just north of what is now Custer State Park in the Black Hills National Forest, was named for New York lawyer Charles E. Rushmore who traveled to the Black Hills in 1885 to inspect mining claims in the region, which I think we've talked about it another episode. Didn't we who, talk Charles about that? E. Rushmore? Yeah. Or maybe I'm just making it up. You could be making it up. I don't remember Charles E. Rushmore because I feel like Charles E. Rushmore is probably, if we d- dug into it, an asshole. Mm. I'm, having a, I'm having a sneaking suspicion that Charles may not have been a good guy. I don't know. Call it a gut feeling. Call it intuition. Call it being a soothsayer. You tell me your what intuition it is. is is generally right on the money. Spot on. Generally Spot right on. on the money. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you're you're the guy who's inspecting mining claims in 1885. Yep. I don't know, man. I don't know about you, Charles. Whatever. I'm just saying. I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical. So when Charles Rushmore, the lawyer, asked a local man the name of the nearby mountain, he reportedly replied that it never had a name before, but from now on would be known as Rushmore Peak. Absolutely which, like, not. Absolutely not. Absolutely first of not. All, first of all, I fully, I fully believe that this story was created by Charles Rushmore to make his name the, the I was going to say the title of the mountain, but the name of the mountain. <laughs> the title, uh-huh. Like, he fully came up with this this bullshit story. But also, even if it is true, like, again, we are just simply erasing Native American history by being like, this has never been named before. And literally, there's 40 Native Americans being like, so sorry. So, so sorry. <laughs> They're all standing around being like, wait, it's actually. Wait, hold on. Hold on. We named, named this. Centuries. Actually, sorry. Centuries it actually ago. says it at the top and you just see it written. On the mountain, you know, it's it's crazy. There's Six Ring Fathers, like the Hollywood's night. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Six Ring Fathers up there. Yep. Yeah, no, no. This is like definitely a story that was constructed because what local, like, what local person can just be like, how does you know that what? become the name? You know, this guy asked me a question. That's the name now. That's like yeah. some kind of inside joke bullshit that only happens between two people. It doesn't become like the, the name. Full name, yeah. That's why I'm saying Charles literally started a rumor. Yeah. And the rumor just stuck. Yeah. That's what it is. Or he had a really great marketing team. Sure. Sure. That it always is the case. So yeah, so that's how Mount Rushmore, according to legend, came to get its name. It was later called Rushmore Mountain and finally Mount Rushmore. Instead of Rushmore Peak. Rushmore Peak just like does not have quite Well, the name. It sounds like a, a 1990s CW show, like yeah. Rushmore Peak. 
Rushmore Peak starring. Yeah. You know, me. <laughs> starring teen vampires. And James Vanderbeek. And James Vanderbeek as the dad. <laughs> as the dad. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my God. So seeking to attract tourism to the Black Hills in the early 1920s, South Dakota's state historian Dwayne Robinson came up with the idea to sculpt the needles, which were several giant natural granite pillars, into the shape of historic heroes of the West. He suggested Red Cloud, great, the Sioux chief who signed the Fort Laramie Treaty as a potential subject. Correct. So, yeah. like Yes. Fully. Yes. At the yes. very least, let's put somebody of the region on the granite. Yep. Sure. No, no. No, no. That's not what we do. That's not what we do. Oh, God. So we're going to talk a little bit about, we're going to, there's like a whole, we're going to talk, there's a whole section where we're going to talk about the, the impact on the Native Americans and how we basically just took this land. So South Dakota state historian Dwayne Robinson is looking for, he like wants to sculpt these historic heroes of the West. Sure. Of the West. To, of Only the West. the West. Just the West. Love the West. Um, yep. Into the mountain. So in 1924, after the original sculptor that he had contacted was unavailable, Robinson contacted Gutson Borglum. Sure, absolutely. Which I know my name has like a lot of letters and is unusual, but like this also just feels like I made some sounds. Yeah, Gutson Borglum. Yep. That's that's what it is. That's what it is. There's no, there's no like maybe, no. Gutson Borglum great he so robinson contacted him he's an american sculptor of danish descent who was then working on carving an image of the confederate general robert e lee into the face of georgia's stone mountain so he was already yeah, yeah, yeah let's stop carving stuff into mountains just stop all over the place why was this the trend i don't know <laughs> i mean they, they also quickly were gonna like run out of mountains that you could do this on because right. it has to be like high enough that you can like it has to be a big enough stone. canvas, sure. like a certain type of stone. but also like a place where like people could go see it. Have you ever been to Stone Mountain? No. Did they actually end up carving Robert E. Lee into the mountain? Yeah, it's oh huge. my god. Yeah, no, it's like it's not as big. I don't think as Mount Rushmore. I mean, like at least it doesn't. I mean, I I can't compare because I haven't been to Mount Rushmore, even though I've been to Stone Mountain. But like, it's literally Robert E. Lee on a on horseback. But it's like etched into it's etched into the thing as opposed to like I imagine Mount Rushmore like the face has kind of come out a little bit. Yeah. This is like yeah. set back into the mountain. Yeah. But then like the whole area is like like they do a laser light show or they used to. I don't know if they do it anymore, but they like it's a big park basically. Jesus yeah. Christ. And the light show goes up over Robert E. Lee. It was it was wild. That's so weird. It's so bizarre. So the guy that Robinson, the state historian, contracted to basically carve Mount Rushmore was busy carving the Confederate General Robert E. Lee into Stone Mountain. Which, you know what's crazy about this? And then I'll get off this, which is like, this is post the Civil War, right? Yeah. So we're like, we're past it. We, like, the Confederacy lost Mm -hmm. and like literally killed hundreds of thousands of union soldiers Mm -hmm. and and we all just like turned around and we're like you know what we should do let's etch the leader of 
basically traitors into a mountain and like call it good. It's crazy. It's a little, it's wild. It's, it's literally wild. like, you like, I mean, I can barely get behind statues of Robert E. Lee, much less a full ass mountain carving of the leader of the Confederacy. Confederacy. No, it's, it's a wild, it's wild that it's there. And it's like, and it's, like I said, it's a different etching, but like, it's also so weird just to see this like huge kind of flat rock that just like, cause it's not like, it's also like, there's kind of like a, almost like a work area around it in this, in the yeah. stone where like, it's, there's like a, like a rectangle, but the corn, like the edges and the corners are like circular or no. curved, curved is the word I'm looking for. And like, he's just like in the middle of it. And so you're like, oh, is he like okay. on horseback? Like, what is and he he's doing? He's on horseback. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I'm sorry. I just think that that's like so. What a waste of mountain and resources. I know. And, and like the fact that like this like, was fresh. Like like yeah. they like why? What? I also love this obsession with carving things into stone. But I feel sure. like we should have kept this trend going. Like let's carve. What else can we carve? This sounds I great. Know. What other problematic leaders that can we carve led a full-ass, you know, attack on the United States of America can we just put into the side of a mountain and call it square? Like, what other traitors can we elevate? What else we got, you know? Jeez Louise. Yeah. Okay. Well, Keep going. Yeah. So Robinson, who's a state historian, had a history of disputes with those who commissioned the Lee Project, and they fired Borglum, who left the sculpture unfinished. Got it. So during his work on Stone Mountain, Borglum associated with members of dun, 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 the newly revived Ku Klux Klan. Hey, hey, oh, what else are you gonna do like when a you're great choice? I mean, you're sketching a, a thing of Robert E. Lee into a mountain. Like, of course you're gonna be in cahoots with the KKK. That's literally that's who's etching it into the mountain. There's no union. Like nobody who supported the union. Oh, they're all ever. like, wait, no, no, no. what? Yeah. <laughs> wait a second. He lost. You lost. And also this was treason. Okay? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm just okay. I don't make the rules. I don't know, Lizzie. I think it's a lot. I think I think you're making a really broad claim I'm emotional. That's fully I'm emotional. Mm-hmm. It's just I can't believe I can't believe of all the things we can't come together on. Mm-hmm. That we can come together on Robert E. Lee being a kind of an asshole. Kind of a dick. Kind of a traitor. Just dick. like, yeah. I mean, like, I get it. Like, he was a significant figure in the Civil War, for sure. Totally understand. Definitely teach him. But, like, statues and, and mountain carvings? I just, I don't think I'm being ridiculous here when I say that is insane to me. Correct. Correct. It's insane. Mostly yeah. because, like, he lost. It would be one thing if he, like, won, you know? And, mm-hmm. like, there was kind of, like, a badassness about how he defeated the Union, but he fully lost. He lost the war. Yes, he lost the war. And so, but, the, yeah. So, but, sure. We'll let's talk about Robert E. Lee at a different time, but, like, not a fan. Not, not a fan. <laughs> so, we could we just put a pin in it. We'll put a pin in it. We're talking about Mount Rushmore, yeah. which we're going to circle back to any second gonna, now. In a second. In a second. 
So he was associated with members um, of the Ku Klux Klan, although it's unclear if he actually joined the group. But I just he was, feel like you know, if you associate, honey, with them, my God, he had formed strong bonds with the leader of the KKK and participated in their meetings in part to secure funding for the Stone Mountain Project. So this sure. is Borglum. This is the guy who's like making Mount Rushmore. He also espoused white supremacist and anti-Semitic ideas. Absolutely. Why only focus on one thing? Because if you're already being, you know, a white supremacist, you might as well also hate the Jews. It's just like, oh, it's yeah. part of the like, handbook. It's, yeah, it's like A plus B equals C, and yes. Correct. Correct, correct, correct. So all that's coming from a book by John Talia Farrow about the history of Mount Rushmore. And that's that little section is from the New York Times. Love it. So then during a second visit to the Black Hills in August of 1925, Borglum identified Mount Rushmore as the desired site of the sculpture. Local Native Americans and environmentalists voiced their opposition to the project, deeming it a desecration of Sioux heritage as well as the natural landscape. So they were like, please no, please no, no. We named this mountain. We've been, this is a part of our history. We've been here a long time. We use this mountain. Please don't destroy this mountain mountain also it's pretty do you not see how and pretty also, it's so pretty you're a white supremacist <laughs> and you're a white i mean yes <laughs> but also like and the cherry on top <laughs> the cherry on top i do love that they're like but the mountain's so pretty do you not see that this mountain is so and they were like no yeah we see you know what's gonna make it gorgeous is four giant faces yeah protruding out from it Mm-hmm. That's what's going to make this mountain sing. Sing. Just radiate good energy. Mm. But Robinson, who is the state historian, worked tirelessly to raise funding for the sculpture, aided by Rapid City Mayor John Boland and Senator Pete Norbeck, among others. After President Calvin Coolidge traveled to the Black Hills for his summer vacation, the sculptor Borglum convinced the president to deliver an official dedication speech at Mount Rushmore on August 10th, 1927. And then carving began that October. So it's really like the guy, the racist white supremacist guy who was able to like finally get like Calvin Coolidge on board. (laughs) Calvin Coolidge got on board. He was there for his summer vacay. Yeah. He's like, you know what? Let's just take a stop. Let's take a stop in South Dakota. Yep. Like. Then in 1929, during the last days of his presidency, Coolidge signed a legislation appropriating $250,000 in federal funds for the Rushmore Project and created the Mount Rushmore National Memorial Commission to oversee its completion. Coolidge was like, I'm not going to I'm not going to prevent the Great Depression. But what I am going to do is I'm going to set aside almost $300,000 for a mountain sculpture of four random faces. That's what I'm going to do. And then he put up a peace sign. And left the White yes. House. Bye. Bye. <laughs> so Rapid City Mayor John Boland was made president of the commission's executive committee, although Robinson, the state historian, to his immense disappointment, was excluded. So this poor guy who was like, it was his idea. He's mm-hmm. finding the KKK guy to like come and do this sure. sculpture. Like, sure. He was left out of the committee. I mean, yeah. I've like, I've. I've seen contact way too many times. It's the same thing. Jodie Foster hears the sound from the other planet and she gets no credit at the White House briefing. So I get it. Like, I would be very upset too. Sure, sure, sure. We're going to take a quick break for a little word from our sponsors. 
Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Let's talk about the actual construction, the thing that we're all curious about, which is how did we get these four faces literally from the mountain? So this is coming from the New York Times article. An early plan to carve the presidents down to their waists was scrapped. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. that's I think that's fine. I think that's, I think that's fine. fine. I don't, I don't think we need, I mean, because also like what a weird place to stop. Yes. At, like at the waist. Because it's, like, longer than a bust? Yeah. Like, I get a bust. I get a bust. What we have essentially are busts. Yeah. But we don't... But to go, like, to the waist and then, what, the rest is just rock? Like, that's just weird. It just feels like, where did the legs go? As opposed to, like, if you stopped it at, like, you know, like, a three-quarters situation at, Mm -hmm. like, the chest. Like, there are, like, there are busts that have, like, that also. But like just down to the waist feels like. Down well, why wouldn't you finish it? Like, like just finish it and put legs on them. Yeah, it makes me think of like on um like uh pirate ships where there's like a, a mermaid out front, like you know, yes. and it's like yes. it's like always just like from her waist up, and you see her boobs, and she's like you know her arms are like thrown back, and then of yeah. course it's like mermaid from the waist down. But that's what like I imagine with this. <laughs> It's like so they're funny. in just That's some like exactly dramatic it. pose. So, anyways, the point is, I'm glad they scrapped this idea. This was a bad idea. It was a bad idea. It was a bad yeah. idea. And so, like Arden said, it started in 1927 and finished in 1941. To carve the four presidential heads into the face of Mount Rushmore, Borglum utilized new methods involving dynamite and mnemonic hammers to blast through a large amount of rock quickly in addition to the more traditional tools of drills and chisels. So, yeah, he's like, all right, we I mean, yeah. got to make these heads big. Let's start blowing it up. Yeah, exactly. We can't. Do you know how long it would have taken if they had used drills like, and chisels for yeah. this shit exclusively? No, we yeah, would it's still like Shawshank be... Redemption, the exactly. whole side of the mountain. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Some 400 workers removed around 450,000 tons of rock from Mount Rushmore, which still remains in a heap near the base of the mountain. Clean up the rocks. Clean up after yourselves. It's been, well, you know, 80 years. Clean up the rocks. Jeez. (laughs) The workers had to endure conditions that varied from blazing hot to bitter cold and windy. Yeah, babe, that's the weather of South Dakota. I don't know what to tell you. Each day, they climbed 700 stairs to the top of the mountain to punch in on a time clock. Then, three-eighths of an inch thick steel cables lowered them over the front of the 500-foot face of the mountain in a bosun chair? That's my guess. I'm going to say bosun chair? I'm going to say, yeah, bosun. Yeah. The thing that they sat in to to chip, chip, chip away at it. Yeah. And then they were lowered over the faces. There's, like, great pictures like, of them, like, dangling below noses, like, gigantic noses. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's crazy. Of the president, yeah. Some of the workers admitted being uneasy with heights, but during the Depression, any job was a good job. So, yes, mind you, like, the Great Depression is in literally full full swing. swing. I Like, we're in it. We are in Mm -hmm. it. There's dust. There's the Depression. We're here. Everything's crashed. The work was exciting but dangerous. 90% of the mountain was carved using dynamite. The powderman would cut and set charges of dynamite of specific sizes to remove precise amounts of rock. Before the dynamite charges could be set off, the workers would have to be cleared from the mountain. I love that they include that. They're like, before we can blow shit up, we do have to remove the human beings from this mountain. Yes. Workers in the winch house on top of the mountain would hand crank the winches to raise and lower the drillers. If they went too fast, the drillers in their bonson chairs would be dragged up on their faces, Jesus Christ. Yeah. To keep this from happening, young men and boys were hired as call boys. And call boys sat at the edge of the mountain and shouted messages back and forth, assuring safety. I mean, this thing is like... This is great. We're putting this together with duct tape. They are... <laughs> talk about figuring it out on the fly. On the fly. It's yeah. the original walkie-talkies. Stop! Stop, Stop it! it! He's not saying okay. he needs more time. He He's been dragged up by his face. Lower, lower. I mean, lower, like, that's hysterical. Oh also, I love that there's just like boys that are like, I just picture them on the edge, like dangling their feet, being like, yeah, he's good. You know what he's I mean? Good. Like, it's just such a funny They're 10 image. years old. It's good. Yeah. All good. It's all good. That one fell. Very surprisingly, because we are making a lot of jokes about it, but during the 14 years of construction, Mm -hmm. not one fatality occurred. I mean, they danced with the devil on this one. They They really really towed the line. They called in a favor from from the big guy above. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Dynamite was used until only three to six inches of rock was left to remove to get the final carving surface. At this point, the drillers and assistant carvers would drill holes into the granite very close together. This was called honeycombing. The closely drilled holes would weaken the granite so it could be removed often by hand. So yeah, you're just like... I get it. I carve. I understand. And they carved the faces into the mountain. I love it. Yep. So this is the part where we're going to talk about the kind of effects on Native Americans and why these four gentlemen in particular maybe aren't great representatives of people we should have on a mountain, although they all did great things. As with most human beings, they also did some not so great things. Sure. So so warriors like Sitting Bull and Crazy Horse led a concerted Sioux resistance, including the latter's famous defeat of General George Armstrong Custer in the Battle of Little Bighorn in 1876, which federal troops eventually crushed in a brutal massacre at Wounded Knee in 1890s. So, like, Sitting Bull and Crazy Horse fighting General Custer, they lose that battle. Custer's last stand. Yep, Custer's last stand. Ever since then, Sioux activists have protested the U.S. confiscation of their ancestral lands and demanded their return. The Black Hills, or Pahasapa in Lakota, are particularly important to them as the region is central to many Sioux religious traditions. So they're like, please give us back our land. Just give it back. I don't see the United States government doing that anytime no, soon. absolutely not, but sure. No. On July 4th, 1930, a dedication ceremony was held for the head of Washington. So that was like <laughs> the first, yeah. 
<laughs> Sorry. The he- All right, guys. Let's unveil we, the head of Washington. About this. this is the last thing that Washington would have wanted. Like no, the absolute last thing. That man was like, two terms and I'm done. Goodbye. He was like, like, please I don't just leave me alone. Me. Yes. Please just leave me no alone. Bridges. Let me live out my life. No bridges, no tunnels, no no crypts. Just let me live. Let me live. Let me live and go change my, out my wooden teeth. Like, I Ugh. just leave me the fuck alone. Mm-hmm. So then after workers found the stone in the original site to be too weak, they moved Jefferson's head from the right of Washington's to the left. He was just, they were like, this one and this one, can we just swap them around? It was <laughs> just, yeah, can I see it on the other side? Ah, uh, yes, that's the ticket. That's, that's much better. Ticket. That's much better. Thank you. Yeah, yes. let's, let's call it there. And Jefferson's head was dedicated in August of 1936. So it took them six years to do Jefferson. Great. Sure. Yep. And that ceremony in particular was attended by FDR. In September of 1937, Lincoln's head was dedicated. So he was the third one to be finished. While the fourth and final head was that of FDR's fifth cousin, Teddy Roosevelt. And that was dedicated in July of 1939. So they're getting faster. Yeah, they are getting faster. Yeah, sure. they got faster. Yeah. So the, the architect guy, the guy who did all of the, the blasting, the KKK man, Gutzon Borglum, died in March of 1941. And it was left to his son, Lincoln, to complete the final deed. Which is funny that this man has a son named Lincoln if he's like a KKK. I mean, the irony is so not lost on me or any of us. Yes. It was left to his son Lincoln to complete the final details of Mount Rushmore in time for its dedication ceremony on October 31st of 1941. Then in 1991, Mount Rushmore celebrated its 50th anniversary after undergoing a $40 million restoration project. I mean, you gotta keep everything tight. You gotta keep it tight. They gotta be polished. The, yeah. the gentlemen need their facelifts. Sure. The National Park Service, which maintains Mount Rushmore, records upwards of 2 million visitors each year, like Lizzie said at the top. Meanwhile, many Sioux activists have called for the monument to be taken down, which I don't quite, I feel like I would ask for something else. I don't know how you take down a mountain. Blow it up. I don't Aside know. from blasting it. Yep. That just yeah. seems but I, okay, more destructive, great. but yeah, I don't know. Okay. And they continue to protest for what they view as illegal U.S. possession of their ancestral lands. Each of the former presidents that are depicted on the mountain, Mount Rushmore, again, it's George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Teddy Roosevelt, and Abraham Lincoln. Each of the former presidents has a complicated history with Native Americans. In a New York Times article, Jean A. Smith, who is a professor of U.S. history at Texas Christian University, is quoted as saying, Washington and Jefferson were slaveholders. Roosevelt actively sought to Christianize and uproot Native Americans as the United States expanded. Um. So that's, you know, those three. Mm-hmm. Not great. Not great. This is still coming from the New York Times. And although Lincoln was behind the Emancipation Proclamation, a move some have characterized as reluctant and late, he has also been criticized for his response to the so-called Minnesota Uprising, in which more than 300 Native Americans were sentenced to death by a military court after being accused of attacking white settlers in 1862. I mean, yeah, that's not exactly what we want to see. It's also not surprising. It's not surprising. I mean, we don't really know, you know, what happened in this. Three hundred seems like a lot. Fight, you know, uh, three hundred does seem like a lot. I am anti any kind of capital punishment, so that feels sure. like 
you know, Lincoln said his reasoning for sentencing these 300 Native Americans to die by military court. Lincoln said that he found a lack of evidence in most of the cases and reduced the number of condemned to 38 who were hanged in what was thought to be the largest mass execution in U.S. history. Yeah. So. <laughs> so we put, and then we put his face on the side of the mountain. It's just like, you guys. It's just like, uh, you, you guys. guys. It's fine. It's so fine. The other thing that's super interesting is like, you know, these four men in particular, it's not as though we were starved for monuments, dedications, etc., etc., honoring these four men. We will find a reason to throw a party. We will find a reason to do anything. So why know, we felt but it's the like, need? I mean, like, I get it. Did they need the mountain? But... Did they, did these four guys need the mountain? Because they had other things. There the answer is no. Their cooking. names are all over the place. They're the everywhere. Lincoln Tunnel. They're on money. Yep. Like, for God's sakes. I mean, not all of them, but some of them are on money. Yes. They have They have their own memorials elsewhere. There's Jefferson. Monuments. Lincoln. There's, yes. There's cities. Yes museums oh my goodness mm-hmm. parks but no we needed we needed their faces on the side of the mountain we needed we literally needed their faces on the side of the mountain yeah so that's a little bit about the situation in with mount rushmore and the native americans obviously there's like much more detail that we could go into and there is a you'll be so happy to hear this lizzie there is a supreme court case which i gave you to talk about in the fun facts but it's just like it just mentions the outcome but at some point we should do the supreme court case because i have a feeling it would be really interesting perfect i would love to do that all right yes let's let's close out on you know my favorite thing in the world which is fun facts fun facts fun facts fun facts fun facts fun facts um, so I gave I gave myself the first fun fact because okay. this is one of my favorite movies. It's a movie that I grew up watching. Yep. It's I just special spot in my heart. In 1959, Mount Rushmore gained even more attention as it was the site of a climactic chase scene in Alfred Hitchcock's film North by Northwest. In fact, South Dakota did not allow filming on Mount Rushmore itself. I wonder why. And Hitchcock had a large-scale model of the mountain built into a Hollywood studio. Yes, that's accurate. Obviously, I'm just Obviously. like. But, but here's the thing. I'm like, okay, wait. We're gonna we're gonna carve four sixty-foot faces into a mountain, and then we're also gonna say no filming. It's like, come on, come on. You built the most ridiculous-looking thing, and you're gonna try to make people not film at it. Come on, this is some bullshit. 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 But also, like, I wonder how they could have got, I mean, like, that would have taken, it would have been so expensive to film there. Because how do you get all of that equipment? Equip, like, 19, that movie is from, like, the 19, like, nineteen fifty nine. Sure, but it's Alfred like, Hitchcock. It's, like, this is Hitchcock in his prime. He could have gotten yeah. the funding for He could have gotten the funding. I'm yeah. sure he could have. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I'm sure he did. Literally every, every movie studio would have been like, oh, hell yeah. Because they understand that, like, that's legit. And people will literally watch the movie just to watch Mount Rushmore. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Okay, this fun, this next fun fact is one that we've actually talked about in previous episodes, but we're going to bring it up here again. So, after the sculpting of the Black Hills Monument began in 1927, a woman's right activist named Rose Arnold Powell fought to include a likeness of the suffragist Susan B. Anthony. She enlisted the help of First Lady Eleanor Roosevelt, who wrote to Mr. Borglum in support of the idea in 1936. In such a surprising move, he opposed it, 
and a congressional <laughs> bill to add Anthony's face stalled after the House Appropriations Committee said funding would be limited to the work already in progress. So they were like, we can't possibly add another face. We've only approved four faces. And unfortunately, the four faces have been filled. They've been filled. It's been filled. They've been filled. Next fun fact. It is sometimes called the Shrine of Democracy. (laughs) Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It is not the Shrine of Democracy. It's weird. I'm not here. I don't want to hate on Mount Rushmore. I understand that it's like a monument. But like when you just when you just take a step back. And think about what we've done. It's a weird monument and a shrine to democracy. I don't know. I don't know. With everything that's going on, it I don't feels know like if it's the a shrine most positive to anything. Spin on that whole situation. Yeah. Next fun fact: Independence Day fireworks became an annual draw to the monument beginning in 1998, but they were stopped in 2010 because of concerns about sparking wildfires. Sure. Sure. In 2016, a report from the U.S. Geological Survey found that past pyrotechnic displays had probably caused a higher concentration of a contaminant called, oh boy, perchlorate? Perchlorate in the groundwater there. So we're literally poisoning the water with fireworks. That is the most American thing I can think of. Mm Mm-hmm. And then finally... Over a century after the Treaty of Laramie was signed, this was the Native American Treaty between the Native Americans and the United States government back in Hamanashaw, the site was occupied by a group of Native Americans protesting treaty violations, and a 1980 Supreme Court decision upheld a ruling that more than $100 million should be given in compensation to eight tribes for illegal seizure. So in 1980, the Supreme Court was like, yeah, we took this. Yeah, we, we took, took it. this. We did a bad thing. We got to yeah, pay we, up. Yeah, we did a bad thing. Um, This was illegal. So here's $100 million. But again, it's $100 million spread over eight tribes. So it's not as much as you think. I also hope it was like tax free. I mean, I don't think the Native Americans pay tax, but I hope it was like a straight one hundred million Who divided knows? by eight, right. or whatever proportion of the tribes. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe mm-hmm. it wasn't divided by, but right. like, yeah, no. But that's the Supreme Court case that I want to do because I want to know like how they got there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I smell a follow up. I smell a follow up episode. I smell a follow up episode. But yeah. But that is our episode on Mount Rushmore. You know, I didn't go in here thinking that I had strong opinions about it. And I just simply discovered my strong opinions in talking about it. Because now I'm finally forced to sit with it. Yes. And as I was doing the research, I was like, Lizzie's not going to like this. I'm not going to like it. She's not going to like it. She's really not going to like it. I mean, I just think it's the silliest thing in the world. I I bet if I, if I, I bet if. I bet when I go to Mount Rushmore, because I am curious to see it in oh, person. Oh, yeah. No, I'm going to go. But I bet when I go and I'm standing there looking at it that I will just laugh. Mm-hmm. I think it'll just be like, this is this is insane. And I'll look around and be like, are we all looking at the same thing? This is crazy. <laughs> are you seeing what I'm seeing for dudes in the... Okay. It's like the fact that who's on there and that it was 
created in the middle of the Great Depression, which, like, granted, it did give people jobs, so I understand it in that Mm -hmm. capacity, but we, like, allocated funds to create this structure in the middle of the Great Depression, and I'm just like, oh, my God, I don't even know what to think. Uh, And it was (laughs) sculpted by a KKK sympathizer. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. So, uh, yeah, there's just a lot about it that I'm like, this, you guys, we really could have, I know that we have it now and there's, you know, I, I don't know what there really can be done to change that other than truly blowing up the mountain. But I think, I think this is one where I'm like, we probably should have walked away from this project. <laughs> probably should have walked away from it. I mean, sure, but that. <laughs> I just, but nobody asked me. The, nobody asked me. Not when Calvin the Coolidge, the greatest of all presidents, gives his seal of it's approval. It's insane that Calvin didn't think to pick up the phone and call me about this one. Yeah, because I really would have given him a piece of my mind. It would have been like, first of all, Calvin, can you go check on Wall Street? Seems like they're up to no good. Put down the phone, my friend, Put and then the circle phone. back okay, to me back about up. the mountain. Yeah, yeah. Anywho. That's my tangent. Who knew that I was such an anti-Mount Rushmore person? I I, I knew you had it in you. I knew you I had it in no you. I mean no offense. I mean no offense to the state of South Dakota or people who support this monument. It's just, it's just crazy to me. It's a crazy monument, but I digress. This is the end of the episode. <laughs> Great. And if you, if you like what you heard, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Get Civical. As always, you can rate, you can review, and please, please subscribe to us. We love you so, so much, and we will see you next Wednesday. Goodbye.